You know what's interesting? When you are understanding and you become a true disciple and your sins are forgiven, according to the way Jesus defines, you're a saved sinner now, striving to help unsaved sinners understand how to enter God's kingdom and be forgiven of your sins. And it's really an attitude of heart change. Because repentance is what Sonia said, Jesus is Lord. You must, Jesus is Lord is the salvation issue. Lord and Christ, they don't go apart. Isn't that amazing? So once you are a saved sinner, you're just really grateful, but you're still a sinner. But now you're acknowledging you need God's help daily and you need God's forgiveness because don't get fooled. You have the power of the Holy Spirit and God helping you, but you're not naturally going to be all just super person. You're a new life because of your attitude and your pledge of a conscience to go, Jesus is Lord, God Almighty, lead me. And I'm going to try to be humble, teachable, correctable, and rebukable. And I'm going to continue to train in righteousness. All of us, that's what we're saying. We're saying we need a lot of help and we need to stay, we need to remind ourselves we need a lot of help. Even though you change, you never arrive. We need God all the way. Amen? So, let's go to John 3, verse 16. And let's read this scripture. And as you're turning there, let's pray. Dear God Almighty, Father in heaven, I just pray right now that everyone that can hear the words spoken by your word today, that they they can be moved in what they know they need to hear, and you already know. Help me, along with everyone, to really understand that no matter how many times we've read in your word, or if it's the first time, you are striving to get our attention. You are striving to help us hear the eternal truth, not truths, eternal truths. Help us to break through our facades of subconscious probably thinking that no matter where we are, some of us just never even thought about death, hell, or heaven. We just, we just, I don't know. I thought for 31 years, I just never really thought I believed in you. But until I studied the word of God and realized that, oh my gosh, I'm not right with you because I had to humble your word and not what I felt. I just thank you for allowing me to even have the humility from you to even get broken to see that I'm just oh my gosh it's just such a challenge God please be with us right now as we open your word it's in Jesus name we pray amen Amen. John 3 16 I know that probably John 3 16 is probably one of the most popular known verses in the world some of us call it possibly the football scripture what does that mean in football games if you're watching football you'll see someone hold up that that verse and a big banner, you know. But lots of times it's taken out of context and it's just read there, but they don't read the rest of it, and that's why they misunderstand the doctrine. But it's very true and powerful, and we need to read it because I need to hear God loves me. Don't you need to hear that? And it says here, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now, if we stop right there and just share that verse, that is awesome, but we can misunderstand what believe means. See, today, the understanding of believe is just in your mind, go, I believe, and you're finished. And you mean well, and even if you do, but you don't understand that you can't do it on your own. See, biblically, belief means, let's keep reading. For God, in verse, so he continues, right? For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So right now, these two verses, we see, first of all, we need to hear this. God so loved every human being, you and me. God so loves you. Even when you don't care about him or you don't want to be right with him, he's still going, I love you. And Jesus still died for you. And I hope you look up and want some help before you die. Because I want you to be with me. But if you don't want to be with me, that's your choice. And then he says here in verse 17, God did not send his son to condemn. He sent to save. So now you have to understand another principle. I need to be saved. Every human being goes, I need to be saved. And you can't just go, I believe in Jesus 
That's not disrespectful, but you have to understand what does that mean because you'll be deceived. Because you'll say that, but you won't change. You'll mean that, but you'll continue to go if you have no understanding of God's direction and why Jesus came down and modeled for us how to walk in the power of God and overcome. You can go to church all your life and be deceived in your own sense. Intellectual belief does not save you. Let's keep reading. So you got to be humble right away. I need to be saved. I mean, think about a human being. I need to be saved. From what? Yourself. That takes humility. Excuse me? You know who I am? Do you know how many degrees I have? You know how much I serve? And you know how many good deeds I do? Yeah, you still need to be saved. You're a filthy rag. Not from me, from God. God says our most righteous acts are like filthy rags. He's not trying to put us down. He's trying to say no matter how, if you get in that, the, uh, that, that thinking of trying to like, how much can, I, I got I, I to be a good person. He's going, you can't ever even get close to God. So don't even try. That's why Jesus didn't die. He's not trying to put you down. He's like, you can't try to think your way into this. And I don't care what you do compared to God Almighty the best of the best are nowhere near even qualifying to be in my light. Amen. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't need to die and save us. Let's look in verse 18. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Okay, so here we go. We stop here. We go, okay. I believe in Jesus. All right, you're saved. Go on. Everybody get up now and leave. It's over. Just say, I believe in Jesus and leave. That's not correct doctrine. Because look in verse 19. He sums all up what he just said. This is the verdict. That's what a judge does when it's the verdict if you're in court. Order to court. Jury, do you have a verdict? Yes, we do, Your Honor. Rise and read it. Oh, my gosh. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world. That's Jesus, not you and me. But people, that's us. People, not some other people. People, because it already said God so loved us that we all need to be saved. We need to, he came to save all of us. So people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Now you have to go, if you don't know the Bible... You cannot think you're in the light because you may think you know what the light means and you may think you know what uh, deeds of the light are, but how can you really know if you don't let the Bible tell you what darkness is and what light is and not your thinking of a good person thoughts or comparing? And don't get offended. No, one's, no one humanistically, me included, is telling you you're bad or anything, but it's just saying this is all comparing to God. That's why we got to realize once we understand who God is, we need to humble out and believe his plan. I need to be saved. So here we go. In verse 20, everyone, that's us, all people, who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be, plain, may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. See, it takes courage to get right with God. It takes faith, but it takes courage. It takes humility. It takes humility beyond what you can understand. You have to pray to God to be humble. And you got to continue as a Christian to pray to God to be humble. And let me just give you a little secret. When you are struggling with pride, it's how you respond to somebody shows who you are. I don't care if they insult you, disrespect you. If you come back at them, you're not in the Lord strong. You may be in the Lord, but you got to get a prayer check. That's so convicting to me because I just... I just have to really set my mind. How can you leave the house without going, God Almighty, help me, and this is what I want to do, and have your mind set before you go out and deal with people? It's just naturally, you're going to get impatient, you're going to get irritated, you're going to retaliate, you're going to react, especially with the marriages, right? 
So you got to come into the truth, which would be repent, which would be I, now I want to know what my dark deeds are, God, and I'm going to stand in your light. I'm going to come before you and lay bare and go, now let me understand who I really am and get open and get courage yeah. and really talk about the deepest secrets that I'd never share with nobody, but I feel bad about it. Yeah. See, you still got to come into it. Throughout the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus taught that one of the motivations of not sinning is the fact that there are consequences for sin. Namely, one of the greatest ones is going to hell. When Jesus taught, he said, listen, getting right with God is amazing, but he always reminded all of us of the consequences of after you die, there's only two places a person goes, heaven or hell. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. The title of this lesson is, you don't need to go to hell. You don't. So no one can say when you leave, the preacher was preaching hell and damnation. No, I'm, I told you, you don't need to go. You don't. But if you stay within your own and don't, and don't see your desperate need for a relationship with God daily... I don't care what you say. You're not going to make it because you can't make it without going, I need God. Not just a 911 God. You need to get open with your darkness, your starkness. See, I didn't become a disciple till I was 31, 1993. I was 31. I had a degree. I was an actor, I, I was in film, I was, a, I was in uh, anti-terrorism unit in Italy, I had security jobs, I wasn't just a security guard with a uniform going, how you doing, open the gate, no, I was a house detective in Howard Beverly Hills Hotel, walking around with the Sultan of Brunei and all the celebrities going, how you doing, with a jacket, no one knew I was the guard, and I thought I was Mr. How you doing. Probably didn't go a day without taking a little hit of something. And then I even thought, wow, I'm different. I can be high and graduate from college, run restaurants, be a top security guard, even candle a pistol undercover because I was authorized to do that. And I'm not like them. I can still be buzzed and I still perform. Self-righteous. See, it's not about earning, but I was so self-righteous. But inside, I was doing what I want to do. If a girl liked me and I could move forward and have sex with them, I'm going to do it. And I can't even remember names because I'd be drunk and high. I'd lie, even though I thought I was a pretty, you know, when I got into the Bible and started looking, about being, looking to being deceitful, I realized, and the guy said, have you ever lied? And I started getting really in touch with white, what they called, I don't know where they get that comment, white lies. I guess it's the lie that don't tell grandma to hurt her. No, grandma says, listen, I've watched all you all my life. What are you talking about? Don't tell grandma. I've been the one paying and bailing you all out and paying all your irresponsible bills. Don't tell grandma. Grandma's been bailing you out of jail since your mom ran away. We can't be afraid. To, we cannot not be honest because we're going to hurt someone. You must tell the truth about who you are. So I realized on my own accord when I studied the Bible, the guy said, so if you, 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 the Bible says you're a liar. What do, you, do you agree? Why can you say that? And I went, I'm a liar. And then I, I have stole. I wasn't a consistent thief. But I actually, when I got in the Bible, there was times I stole it. And so then he goes, by your own accord, you're a liar and you're a thief. Can you say that? And I said, I'm a liar and a thief. And it felt so, I didn't want to say it. I hated saying it, but it was honest. You're a selfish person. But then when I looked at the Bible's definition and who God is and what God wants me to be compared to that, it just disarmed all the things I wanted to justify that I did that could be helping. Because yeah. of my motives, I didn't have any, anyone to follow but me. Yeah. And it went on and on. Angry. Uh, you know, just Sin. So dark. I did not think I was that dark until I let the Bible shine the light on me and go, ah. But it was a really hurt so good moment. And I walked out of there just shredded. 
walked out of there after that study, so studying the Bible, and I just walked out, but it was a good shred. I was just like, I just was leveled. I was just stripped of all this facades that I thought I was. And then I started feeling free even before I got baptized because I was stripping myself and realizing, who am I? I've, I've created this person that I, I'm not, I, I have to hold this, this guards up and just want, I, who am I? And when I started to strip before God and started to trust God, I started to feel so, just, oh my gosh, I don't even, I have to learn who, how to be me. I don't even know who I am. The rest of my life, I've been learning who I am in God and I don't have to prove anything. And how do I have my strength in God? So freeing, but you never stop learning. Look in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. There, therefore, let, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and take forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts of, that lead to death and of faith in God, instruction about cleansing rites and laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. See, you don't need to go to hell. But the Bible says the understanding of there being a judgment and going to hell or heaven is an elementary teaching for Christians. And yet some, especially those originally from a non-believing background, this teaching can be missed and misunderstood, which in turn stops those people from maturing. Because it says, let us go beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and to maturity. And one of the elementary teachings preschool. Christian, when you like 101, is to understand the eternal judgment. Eternal judgment is, not, is, is like you've got to get it. And maturing. Why was hell created? Well, let's look at Matthew 25, 41. Then he will say to those on the left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. See, hell was created for those who disobeyed God, and the first to do so were angels led by Satan, who was a fallen angel. See, hell wasn't even in the beginning of creation. And as anybody goes, you develop things. You have to see a need in society. You have to create things. And that's why cities are building hospitals. When we get, like, if you start a city, you got to go, oh, we need another hospital. Yeah. Not just one. We're growing. And you see the needs, how to contain a community. God's same way. It's not like robotic. Yeah. The angels had free will. They still had the ability and the free will to go, I will, I will submit and serve God. And guess what? They rebelled, and this is how powerful sin is, your nature. They saw God, and they still rebelled. So you think you don't need God's help to re, not to be rebellious and, and prideful? Oh. See, the Bible says faith, hope, and love is all we need. The greatest is love. Well, on planet Earth, we need faith because believing in what you cannot see and certain what you sure for is God. And God's word is the truth and leads us. And then when we change as disciples, we start to express ourselves through, in faith through love. Anything that is expressed without love, your faith must be expressed through love so people can see God even if they don't believe because they see people together that are disciples and they see the changing. We're not perfect. People don't look at us for their, for their reason, but they should see a changing people that can go, God Almighty's changed me. That's God's plan. See, in Jude chapter 1, Jude, in verse 6, it says, Jude 1, 6, the angels did not keep their positions of authority, but abandoned their proper dwelling. These he kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on that great day. That great day has not come yet. The end of the world. So hell was created for those who disobeyed God, and the first to do so were angels led by the lead angel, Satan, and a fallen angel the Bible calls. Now you go from angel to being named demonic demon. They're celestial beings created by God. If you and 40 of your friends were to move to an uninhibited island and populate it, what would you build first? Most likely, shelters or houses then you'd have to build what you would think about as farm because if you don't grow food and you're on an island you're going to die so you're going to be all looking like how can we plant something how can we grow we got to sustain 
Then you'd probably say, let's figure out how to teach the little ones, if we still have children, to behave and learn the best we can, which we would call the best, start some kind of a school. Then we would say, let's have somewhere where we can help attend to the injured. It wouldn't probably be a full-blown hospital, but we'd go, we got to have something to help people. When would you build a prison? When those 40 people went on an island inhibited, you wouldn't just think right when we get there, we're going to build a prison because all 40 would be going, yes, yeah, we're all together. Okay, I, 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 I believe you mean well, just like we mean well. Only when you would have a need for it, would you start to go, we got to build something because this dude's off the chain and he attacked so-and-so last night and he hurt him. And I don't know if he's, we, we need to, we need to, we need to, we need to restrain him. This is crazy because it, it can hurt our, we, we can kill each other. Yeah. So you're going to, you're going to bind that guy because you have to. It's probably going to be painful, but you're going to do something. Yeah. See? On, See, when someone in the community refused to abide by the laws or the rules you had established on that island for the protection, safety, well-being, and effective living in the community as a whole, that would be a need. Then that person would be held in prison. This would ensure the safety of the community and stop the disobedient, rebellious lifestyle from spreading, which could destroy the community. When others were disobedient to the laws of the land, they would also be sent to prison, many for disobeying different laws. So in prison, you'd find a mix of criminals, many for disobeying, many for lying, stealing, being fraudulent, someone who assaulted someone and injured someone, someone who's drunkenness and causing problems disorderly and causing havoc. Got to control that. Someone who hurt somebody bad. And those who were murderous or rapists or sexual assaults, these people would have to be, even though you didn't mean, you didn't want to do that at first because it just looked like hopefully it's all going to work. It's not. The sinful nature will come out. Just like in our cities, if we had no police or no governments, I promise you, you think, well, we're civilized, we're intellectual, we're more sophisticated. No, the human heart has not changed since the first created person. It's capable of doing evil, and most of the time, if you got the power, and you're the, you have power over humanity and the, or the human group, you're going to exploit it without God. You're going to. Just look at history. The strongest people attack the weaker, and they take what they want for their benefit. Most extreme evil would be slavery. Just don't think it's the color of the skin. Please, look in history. Sometimes black people have black people slaves. White people have white people slaves. It's just who can we take over? Right now there's a war going on, and it's mostly Caucasian taking over Caucasian. Just understand, power is, is, it fuels your, your sinful nature. There's no different prisons for different criminals on earth as they all break the law they go to the same place so it is with us there is one heaven and one hell there are not different hells and different heavens according to your crime of goodness or not goodness you can't earn it if you disobey God's laws and don't want to repent and be saved and walk in the way God calls you to walk even though you're going to need grace in his will on earth, you're going to go to hell because you decided to not submit to God. Yeah. And he's trying to be patient with you while you're alive. See, the lifespan is a long, nice, patient span. He's, oh, I love you. I love you. I wrote there, God so loved you. He died for you. What are you doing? So let's look at one of the points here. Point one, we got to look at the faucets of hell. Judgment. Point one, the judgment. Let's just look what the Bible says because we got to know it. Everybody, by the way, it doesn't take faith to know you're going to die, right? Yeah. So everybody in here, if you filter it out, you go, I'm going to die. I know that. Not to dwell on it, but you're gone. Look in uh, 1 Peter 2, verse 9. 1 Peter 2, verse 9. You guys with me? But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness, what? Into his wonderful light. 
Once you were not a people of God, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you receive mercy. My question would be, if you're not a people of God, then you're still in darkness. Bible says no one originates in light. It says he's talking to people who had become disciples and were baptized into Christ the way Jesus defined and the way Acts 2 starts out and the way the churches continue to teach. And today we need to carry that same teaching of God's word, honor and submit to God's word. You're chosen, he says. You're special if you understand it. You're God's special possession. He loves you once again. But he says, now you understand. It's not like, I think I'm okay with God. No, you know. You declare the praises of him. It's a defining moment when you go from light to dark. It's not like, I kind of grew up in the church. I think I was saved. No, no, you don't understand. Maybe you were taught wrong. When Sonia had our children, she wasn't going, I think Chase was born around. Uh, I think Cassidy was born around. No, a mother having birth knows when it happened. It's powerful. So we declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness and it was right. So you got to know what darkness is to know what you've been saved out of. That's why you got to get in touch with the ugliness and the honesty because all of us kind of think we're better than we really are in God's eyes. God loves us, but I'm talking about being honest with ourselves and sin. Nature even says, and, 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 and statistics say, in our own selves, we think we're a little better than others. It's just a self-conscious thing. And I'm not, it's, it's a case study. It's just, but the Bible says, don't think of yourself higher than you ought. Yeah. Why? Because he knows that's what we're doing. <laughs> we do that, even if you don't want to admit it. Yeah. So see, once you were not a people. So the people of God are going to make it through the judgment because not because they earned it because they changed and and understood what it means to be in darkness and take responsibility and then go what do I need to do with how do I get my heart in touch to take responsibility for my sin get broken repent and then understand what it means to be saved there's heart work to do you're not earn you don't you don't earn salvation by works but your heart you need to get serious it's painful look in uh 2 Corinthians 5, 9. You guys with me? You know, my brother, I've shared about him uh, studying the Bible. He just got baptized today in Los Angeles. Why don't you play that clip real quick for us? They they sent it to me. That's my brother. He's weeping because he was so sinful. I'm serious. He's 58. They just sent it to me. He didn't just make that decision like today emotionally and go, I believe. He's been studying for weeks. There's not a time limit, but he had to get in touch with 58 or you know, when he got old enough to know of serious sins that he was calling me, he called me, he called my mom, my dad, Sonia, he called people and had to say, I'm sorry. And he, even though he had said that, he called me last night and said, I just want to tell you. And he said, I'm sorry. And he brought up a couple other things that I didn't realize. And, 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 and he was such a mess for so long that he had to confess to me. And he's taking responsibility. And even as he's trying to remember everything, even after he's baptized, he'll probably remember things. But see, right now you get in touch with everything and you're willing. So if you can't remember everything, you get in touch with what you can, then that's a pledge of a good conscience because now Jesus is Lord. But he had to do some digging and try to get in touch because it's for your own good to get broken and look at yourself and what your sin did to God, to Jesus, what your sin did to people, and what did your sin did to yourself. That takes pain. And the reason you want to get that pain is because you want to get godly sorrowful. You don't want to just intellectually go, I'm sorry, man. You want to be stuck in it. You want to go, I can look back at my darkness and go, oh, I was crawling around in my worst nights looking drugged out for days, stealing, lying. No, just reckless abandon. I got to remember that's who I am without God, not who I, not, not, not because I've become something. I never can forget why. Because I don't want to start to allow myself to start to think I'm something without God. Yes. Second Corinthians 5 9. So we make it our goal to please Him. 
whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. See, we should live to please God. That's the attitude change. Not, and not the way you think. See, if you're not submitted to Jesus through the words of God, the way the churches say they're supposed to be in the Bible, and understanding the way of life, you may think you're making a goal to please him by what you think, but you're deceived. You think you're deceived. You cannot know what it means to please God without being in his word and striving to follow the model of Jesus Christ in the way of life of a disciple. Amen. And it says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So judgment, we will all appear. And everything will be discussed. So don't just go by the title of being a Christian. That was never given by Jesus or God. That, you know, I guess we love categorized today. I just try to say I'm a people of God. I'm a man of God. And I don't say that easy. But if someone follows me around, they won't see perfection. But they'll see a consistency for 28 years of a pattern of what the Bible teaches devoted to God and people. Amen. Totally unrecognizable who I was. Do I have a lot to change? Yeah. But you can see I'm a man of God saved by grace. That's what a disciple looks like. A woman of God, saved by grace, living in the scriptures, not making excuses, not, not missing, not being cons inconsistent, devoted. Nothing's more important. The treasure of pleasing God is more than your businesses, your lives, whatever. You rearrange those to fit in to the will of God. There's no solo secret agent Christians. But a lot of people think they're, I'm the secret agent. I just show up when I want and God's with me. Well, that's great. That's not the way God says it. Look in, look in Matthew 12, 36. Matthew 12, 36. Matthew 12, 36. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by, the, by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. I was so shredded by this. Because I'm still, I, I had to even break and go, God, forgive me when I was making this lesson. Because I'm not, I'm not saying I'm trying to do that, but I just realized if you speak about anybody or anything negatively, whether it's quiet or right at that, you are in sin. And just imagine this. What if everything we ever said was played back in front of everyone to hear? Oh, don't, don't worry. That's why you need grace. But you got to change it. If it's a pattern of complaining or slandering or being looking down or talking bad about people, that's, 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 that you're gonna, that's, that's judgment. And you know what? You can't just do this. This is what's kidding. The, what kind of words come out of your mouth? They reveal really what's in your heart. Criticalness, cynicism, bitterness. You can't solve the heart problem, however, just by cleaning your speech and guarding your mouth. That's like the, the movie you'll see where the speaker or the governor's got the mic on and he forgets it's on and he gets off the stage after he says, I love all you people. You're all amazing. I'll do everything for everybody. And he gets off and he goes, let's get out of here. These devils eat. It's on the mic. You know, you, we've all seen that. Because really you see what's in their heart. See, when you're really walking with God every day and setting your heart, you'll be free. You may blow it, but you're going to catch it. But for the most part, what you see in the secret is what you see in public. Because you're, you're asking God to help you with his power to change your heart, not just guard your speech. You've got to go, God, purify my heart, change my heart. Does that make sense? So, point two, what is hell like? Well, we should look in the Bible so we know what it's like. Uh, look in verse... Uh, you know, we read before, I'm not going to go there again, but it says in Matthew 25, 41, you say, depart from me, you are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. It says that, right? Well, hell is described as eternal fire that won't be quenched. It will never go out. So it's going to be very uncomfortable and very agonizing. It will, and you want to say, wow, being a disciple is not a comfortable life. Being in hell is not a comfortable life. Being a disciple is an awesome life. It might not be comfortable, but when you have the right heart at times to step up and serve, the greatest joy comes in your heart. So forget about comfortable the way the word spoke. And believe me, none of you look like you're lacking sleep. You can take a nap today, I promise. You're comfortable. I'm comfortable. But I decide to step out and deny myself weekly throughout the week. Because Jesus died for me, not because I have to. And that's a heart change every time. Looking... Matthew 13, 49. 
So what is hell like? I, I, I need to know because it motivates me. Because remember, the, point, the, the title of the lesson is you don't need to go to hell. And no one does because why? God so loved the world. So you can say, people can say, why does God put someone in hell? No, no, you put yourself in hell. You don't need to go to hell. Let's study the Bible. Let's look at what God says about you. He loves you. you you'll put yourself in hell. You have a choice. Do you want to follow Jesus biblically and not try to rewrite your way of following Jesus by not being in the Bible? Or it's you. It's, and and you got to understand, God decided. So just like it's his heaven. He's in heaven. He gets to decide what, 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 who gets in and not. So you, you, that's, a, that's just a dumb argument because you're going to die. He created you, and he now shows what he wants, and he, God is love. So why wouldn't you want to submit to him? Matthew 13, 49. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous. And throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of the teeth. See, you will be separated from God forever. From his love, mercy, and power forever. The punishment and destruction will be eternal. See, when you die, everybody lives forever. Everybody. It's just where will you be 10,000 years from now? You will be in one of the other places. And the Bible says that the majority will be in hell because Jesus says the road's narrow. Not because he wants it to be. Most people won't choose to realize and be humble enough to follow the scriptures with a people that he calls a chosen in the, war, in the church that are people. See, the churches have done a great job at shunning people because you've listened to the leader. You've listened to the theology you grew up in and you never even questioned it. You just went to church with your parents and your grandparents and you said, this is it. But you never really said, show me why I'm doing what I'm doing. I didn't either. And then I finally started looking at the Bible. I go, no one taught me this. Well, you never asked. Okay. Now I'm looking. And now I'm realizing the church I was brought up in was just unrecognizable and actually doing contrary. I was like, where did they teach this? Where is this? Why is this? And they said, it's traditions. I went, what do I do? Well, they said either you believe the word of God or we just believe the opinions and the traditions. I said, that's not going to work because I don't even see any consistent unity or love. Everybody, it's, it's, I'm, I'm gone. No one even taught me. So then it made me go, wow, I got to leave something that I was sentimental to for years. And my family was and my grandparents were and everything. I said, so what? I'm going to die. They're going to die. And some of them are already dead. I got nothing to do with it. So my sentimentality, what am I going to do with that? Is that going to stop me from going into heaven? Or is I going to, I don't want to hurt no one's feelings. No, you were to get right and say, look, I looked in the Bible. I learned some things. Let me share. We want to see. And if they say no, then they're prideful. And they're sticking in their traditions and not wanting to know the Bible. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's going, look at the Bible, Grandma. I don't care what that church is. I don't care if you went there for 500 years and your whole family did. We're not living right. So quit holding on to your sentimentality. And if you don't want to like me, I still love you and realize why you're mad. Because I left you and you're embarrassed with your family that the grandson left our church. Yeah, because they're not teaching the Bible correctly. It's not about me cutting you down. I'm being honest. So it takes getting into it with relatives to maybe get something somewhere, to be quiet and nice, and then they die. How are you going to feel looking at the grave knowing you could have told them the truth? Yeah. See, weeping and gnashing of the teeth, sometimes you don't know what that means. That's loathing yourself, hating yourself. Because when you're in hell... There won't be any misunderstanding. You can be defensive and prideful, and no one's to be the judge here. We'll just show you. You can just say, I'm good, I'm good, I'm fine, and you can even have success and have money, and, but you're still not right if you don't get right by the Bible. And you can die, and then you realize you did not need to go to hell, but you will be in hell because of your defensive pridefulness to God's word. And that's why you'll hate yourself, weeping and gnashing of the teeth, will be that there's no way to spin it or, or deceive yourself. It's going to be so clear that you refused to humble out to the true and one God of the Bible. Yeah. And you're going to be weeping and angry and hating yourself in shame forever because there's no God 
Separation of complete love forever. Hatred is only able to give. There won't be buddies like sailmates going, hey, let's be a buddy. No, everybody will be self-focused and regretting they didn't do it. That's what that means. Point number three, who will be there? Who will be there? Well, the Bible says we're not the judge, but it does say who will be there. So we, as a person, a human being, you want to find out where you're at. And then when you do, you need to be humble and share your experience. We never judge. We're never, ever on the judge side, ever. You find out where you're at. You figure it out by the Bible. And then you share with people about why you changed and how you saw the power. And then ask, would you, I'd love to share with you. Then it's all on you, but you're sharing that you found the truth, and then they get to say, wow, what did you learn? Because see, people, I don't blame them. If you come up and they don't know anything, hey, I found God, and you're going, you're not right. I mean, well, that's wrong. I mean, they're going to say, who are you? That's not the right approach, guys, because you're not, it's a wrong role. You're never supposed to get in that role, but you should share from your, 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 your life. Come follow me. See what I'm doing. See what they're teaching. Look in uh, Romans 2, 8. Romans 2, 8. Who will be there? Well, Romans 2.8 says, For those who are self-seeking and reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. So we know if you're self-seeking, which really, before you make Jesus Lord and really understand that, all of us by nature are self-seeking. In and of itself, you need to take care of yourself and carry your own load and work hard, pay your rent. As an adult, the Bible says each one must carry their own load, but we can be there for each other's burdens and challenges. Emotionally, because we all need help. But as an adult functioning, unless it's like a hard time, you need to learn to be responsible. Work. If you're an adult, you're either, you, you need to pay your deal or stay at mommy's house. Until you leave mommy and daddy's, you're not ready. That's fine. And it doesn't mean you're 18 necessarily. you got to go out. But when you leave, you got to go, I can pull my weight now and not be a burden, not, be, not cause people to struggle because you're not being responsible. And that, that's a learning curve, young people. Adulting is, you know, it, it's as fast as you're mature and humble. But you know what? A man does not work. A man shall not eat. The Bible said that. So either work 40 hours a week and don't get part-time jobs and play around and then run late on your bills and then make everybody struggle. Yeah. Work 40 hours or more. Amen. That's an adult. Then you're saying, who are you telling me to work? Well, if you're making enough money and you figured out how to support yourself on three hours a month, praise God. <laughs> Serve God. I'm not telling you to work 40 hours, but most people need to work full-time to pay their bills. And if you want a car and you want to do things, you got to be, you got to go for it. In America, we still have that opportunity. Look at Revelation 21.8. Who will be there? Well, we know that selfish, self-seeking people will be there and those who reject the truth. What truth? The Bible, the scriptures. All of it or a little bit of it. You can't, like someone shows me, a humble person is continuing to see where they fall short but changing consistently, never rejecting. If someone pulls out scripture and go, oh, well, I'm almost doing 99%, but I didn't know that. No, no, that's a prideful heart. You need to go, oh, thank you. I'm gonna, I need to repent, and I need, or if I didn't know, I'm going to repent, and the good I started doing, I'm going to start doing it. That's the heart attitude. Revelation 21.8, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, idolaters, all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake burning sulfur this is the second death see first death death every human being goes we die physically second death is that judgment where if you don't make it with god and you don't go to heaven you're spiritually dead god is separated from you forever so that's why it's the second death that's a terrible death because you're going to live forever but without the presence of god period murderers Unbelieving is a sin. I just don't believe. I don't have enough faith. Amen. But read the Bible because Jesus deals with people and helps people come to faith and pray and ask God for you to believe and start to walk the talk and obey. You will start to believe. You can't use that. It's an, you can't say, well, I didn't believe that's for you. That, people think that's a choice. God says, no, it's not a choice. You're going to be judged for that. Isn't that amazing? Because he says, if you seek me with all your heart, you will believe. You just got to be willing. Amen. Cowardly. Oh, my gosh. That's number one, before the murderer. What do you mean cowardly? Fear. You live in fear or you live in God. And you're not ashamed to share your faith and study the Bible, people, and disciples in here. If you don't learn the elementary teachings, which we call the first principles, and you've been around, why? 
You're not stupid, and you're not, you're not mentally ill. I know you. So if you can't teach and guide and learn, you're just not studying out the scriptures because Jesus says, teach them to obey everything. So every single disciple is expected to become a teacher, not the minister. So I'm challenging everybody, if you don't know how to convert somebody and take them through and draw their heart out, amen. But are your, is your attitude, your heart working at it? Do you even think about it? Are you going, I want to be leading Bible studies. What a miraculous thing to guide someone and help their heart come to faith in Jesus. And it's a never-ending process. Who else will be there? Well, we said self-seeking. Who want to do what they want to do in life and don't want to do God's will. Those who do not believe in God and Jesus, his word, or the truth. Those who live life in sin don't change even though they know it's wrong. And those who, after becoming Christians, start to deliberately sin again and don't fight. That's called falling away. The Bible calls that. See, once saved, always saved. False doctrine. Now you can say, well, God knows, yeah. But you can't play it that way. you got to give your heart every day, and God did die for you to make it. But if you just decide, oh, God knows my heart, and you just go off the deep end, you may harden your heart so bad you'll never come back. God's still there to save you, but you may not come back. Let's close out here at Hebrews 10, because it's important for the members and the disciples, Christians. You also... Can, can, you have to, you're not just like, wow, you're saved and you're in Christ. There's no excuse not to make it, but you've got to maintain your heart and your faith. The Bible says you need to grow in your faith, mature. You can't just let it go and start riding on your heels. You're going to drift and you're going to be a target for Satan and the world and your evil desires are going to be stronger than your spiritual desires and you're going to drift. And I've seen people fall away for the last 28 years, even though I say... Some of you in this room won't be here next year, and I wish I didn't say that. I say that in every church I've led, and guess what? It's always true. Which I don't want it to be, but the Bible says it will be. Because they don't keep God first. Hebrews 10, 26. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we've received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice of sins is left. Only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. So those who give up, shrink back, and fall away due to hardship, persecution, or willful sin will lose their salvation if they don't repent. Yeah, hardship. Oh, you don't know what's happening. No, no. God knows, and no one's, we're going to try to love and pray for you, but you don't. Stop. You don't start biting the hand that feeds you. Don't pull back. The greatest commandment is love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That greatest commandment starts, there's nothing to do with the world or human beings. It just says learn to love God who is by the Spirit and His truth before you even get to the second one. Love people. Isn't that awesome? So, look in verse 39 of Hebrews 10. So we are those who We are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but those who believe and are saved. See, there's people that come to church every Sunday, all through the world. Truth is being preached. Some of them are watching their phone, not paying attention. Others are worrying about what they're going to do this week. Something had happened. Some get pulled out during the service, and they'll walk out, and there'll be an important discussion. You don't know. That's a dumb thing to do. God's grace is there. Hopefully you'll stay alive to hear another deposits of truth. Because anytime deposits of truth come, whether you study the Bible with somebody or you're looking at it, every day you've got to bring the truth in to reject and clean out your mind because the world and the sin and Satan is trying to lead you astray. We are to take warning from this truth. And that judgment will lead us. There is a judgment that will lead us either to heaven and hell. We're all going to stand before Christ. The saved and the unsaved. But you can't just ride on it confident like I was, I was saved at this time. No, you got to walk it. Yeah. Pledge of a good conscience. Walking with God. A relationship with God. That's what he wants. Amen. And don't be scared. Be strong in the grace. You're struggling with sin the rest of your life. The attitude toward that, not being all down on yourself, going, God, help me. And then you go, you tell me change. And you may have to change every day. But the attitude is you be strong in the grace and you're free. So you're not supposed to be walking around going, oh. No, once you, make the, once you make the decision to walk with God and you understand how to become a people of God and be saved, you're free. And you need help, but your attitude of your heart toward God and his word 
the way you show that shows God you're in the grace. Amen. If you're just like, I don't care. I'm going to do whatever I want and do whatever I want. That's a terrible place. You should feel very scared. So, Luke, uh, ask yourself today, is there anything or anyone that causes you to sin that will, that will in turn put you in danger of the fires of hell? Deal with it or them radically. Do not put yourself in a human relationship or relationships with that people that cause you to be tempted or not do well. And they may not be open, so you can't blame it on them. You just got to put, you can't, you got to take care and do maintenance on you. What can you handle and what's, what's going to cause you to stumble? Because there's nothing more important than guarding your heart. Yes. Matthew 18, 9. Matthew 18, 9. If your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out, throw it away. For it is better to, for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. Wow. So we then, at judgment, we receive our reward. And you know what? I'm so grateful because I can look in the Bible and go, God, I'm so wrong in this area. And then I can go, help me change. And I can talk to people and I confess it on the sermon. I, I talked to Fonzo, brothers, everyone. I talked to my brother on the phone. He's my brother now. He's my, just my human brother that would die and not be right. Now we talk, even though he's a baby Christian at 58 and I'm 60. doesn't matter. Now we can talk at a level we never, he could never understand. And prayerfully, I'll have him come out sometime and visit and share communion here. Yes. Romans 3, 6, 23, coming in for a land, last scripture. For the wages of sin is death. That means death with God, not death humanistically. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And to God be the glory. Amen. Yeah.